The New Orleans Saints have several stars in the making, and it's time to lean on them as opposed to trying to be tricky around them. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, we're free and available on all podcast apps and on YouTube as well. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert credential member of the media, CrescentCitySports.com, USA Today, Saints Wire, Tuesdays in Locked on NFL. And here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked On Saints. In today's episode of Locked On Saints brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you talk to the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On NFL. Tell you more about them later. Let's talk about these New Orleans Saints. Today, we're going to be taking a look at taking the next step. What's next for this New Orleans Saints team? Getting closer, the New Orleans Saints are in terms of figuring out how to really utilize Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill. We'll discuss and break down what they should be doing next. But first, the New Orleans Saints have one rule for the rest of the season, and that is rely on the strength of your young playmakers. Juwan Johnson, two touchdowns in this game, seven touchdowns on the season. He's a New Orleans Saints touchdown leader, and he's up there as Nick Underhill ended up uh, observing during the game with guys like Justin Jefferson across the NFL with seven touchdowns on the season and a consistent playmaker, even give you some run after catch action against the Atlanta Falcons today as he caught two passes and then walked those into the end zone. Well, didn't walk the first one. He stretched Armstrong his way into the end zone and made that thing happen. He also had more than 50 receiving yards again from Chris Olave, who's just 197 receiving yards away from Michael Thomas's rookie receiving record of just over 1,100 receiving yards. Keep leaning in on him because he continues to find those holes in the zone. I was surprised, honestly, by just how kind of open that Atlanta Falcons defense was all throughout the game, just pockets and pockets and pockets of areas and blown coverages and all these other things that they continue to struggle with. I thought they were going to try to put hands on these receivers a lot more at the line of scrimmage. Maybe they did. I'll look at it as we go through the tape on Wednesday. But as far as it looked like to me, there's a lot of zone, a lot of sitting back and then giving these guys cushion. And if you give Chris Olave cushion, he's taking care of it. The next one, Rashid Shahid, 68-yard reception, big-time touchdown. The guy's got a 53-yard rush, uh, rush for a touchdown, a 44-yard touchdown reception, and a 68-yard touchdown reception. He's an absolute playmaker, and it's not just because of his speed, although it was very funny. Andy Dalton was asked after the game, what is it that Rashid Shahid does on those plays that gets him so wide open? And he said, well, he's really, really fast, and that's not not true. I asked him, I don't know if you remember, I've talked about it here on the show before. But uh, Rashid Shahid has never formally run a 40-yard dash at all. So I asked him, how fast do you think you are? How fast did you get? Do you feel like you got on the uh, on the touchdown reception? He said that he he's pretty sure he's around the 4-3 area, maybe even faster, but he put himself somewhere around the 4-3 area. Hard to argue with that based upon what you saw in this game. Uh, so, you know, you you look at those three guys in particular, right? Just starting with those three guys, Juwan Johnson, Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid. Juwan Johnson's a restricted free agent. He ain't going anywhere. He's probably going to get a long-term deal with the Saints. I'd be shocked if they don't find a way to make it work. 
Chris Olave is not going anywhere. Rashid Shahid's not going anywhere. Even when his contract is up as an undrafted free agent, he's an exclusive rights free agent. So he ain't going anywhere after that contract expires after next season either. So you have those three guys locked into not only your immediate future, but it's easy to plan for those guys being part of your long-term future as well. So the New Orleans Saints for the rest of this season should just be leaning on those guys. Last year, when we looked at the New Orleans Saints and we looked at the receiving core, really the only option that it felt like the Saints had that was consistent in the passing game was Alvin Kamara. And so you saw a lot of teams just key in on Alvin Kamara and then take that away. And then that was kind of it. There was no healthy Michael Thomas that season. Traquan Smith, Marquez Calloway, Deontay Hardy, they were all kind of shuffling through. Deontay Hardy dealing with suspension, some injuries to some of those other guys like Traquan Smith. You just never really had a you never had more than one weapon on the field at a time, it felt like, outside of Juwan Johnson, who was really coming into his own. Now, when Juwan Johnson has kind of taken these sort of like full steps, and he might not even be at his final form yet, and then you have Chris Olave, who's also not at his final form, Rashid Shahid, who's also not at his final form, but you have multiple options in the passing game for playmakers, and that's not even including a veteran like Jarvis Landry, who only had one target in this game. You could probably notch that one to being uh, to being a drop. Um, you look at where other guys like Alvin Kamara continue to 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 like kind of fold into that, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Saints took some nice steps forward with Alvin Kamara, but still more steps left to go. They haven't fully tread the road yet, so we'll see how they continue to get him involved as they go through. And then you look at other guys that you could potentially get involved in this offense before the season is over. Eno Benjamin, for instance, is a great example finding out more ways to get Jarvis Landry involved, finding more ways to get a guy like, you know, Adam Troutman going, so on and so forth. But even just with those three guys, having multiple threats on the offensive side in the passing game is unique for this New Orleans Saints team because we haven't really seen that over the course of the past few seasons. So you really just need to be willing to be aggressive with these guys, not take them off the field. Oh, and I didn't even mention Taysom Hill, of course, but Taysom Hill, not necessarily in the long term, uh, viewpoint as he's over 30 years old, but certainly in the short-term viewpoint. Uh, and you saw you know, his value in this game as he threw the touchdown to Rashid Shahid. So lots of different ways for them to continue to be aggressive with these fantastic pass catchers that they all of a sudden have on the roster. This sort of dialed-in speed attack that they haven't had on the roster in a long time. All of that is now available to you. And so if I'm the New Orleans Saints for the last three games of the season, I'm leaning on those guys. I'm going to those guys. If I want to try to keep my playoff hopes alive, I'm running the offense through them. If I just want to win games and if I just don't want to lay down and kind of just like let the season end, I'm leaning on those guys. I'm running my offense through them. And that's exactly what the New Orleans Saints should be doing while also evolving some of the ways that they utilize guys like Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill. The Saints took some steps forward in this one, but still some concerning question marks and some questionable calls looped into all that. Coming up next, we're going to break down a little bit more how the New Orleans Saints can take the next step with Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill, and why it's a shame we're even having this conversation right now as week 15 rounds out. I do want to say real quick, one more young playmaker to highlight, Alante Taylor. We're going to dig into him a little bit more when we get to Analytics Tuesday and we get to our breakdown of coverage and things like that as we do every week. But my goodness, Alante Taylor was already playing so well coming into this game. He might have just played the best game of his career so far, his young rookie career in his first year. Uh, and I think honestly, with Marshawn Lattimore not being active for this game, only three games left in the season, it might be worth just letting Alante Taylor and Paulson Adibo close this thing out because they have been outstanding, uh, especially 
Taylor. So we'll be breaking him down a little bit later on, but I didn't want to talk about young playmakers without talking about the young playmaker over on the defensive side as well. So, all right, so let's get to um, Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill, where the New Orleans Saints can take the next steps with them. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. And today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy, our good friends over at BetterHelp. I love BetterHelp. I use BetterHelp for all of my therapy purposes, therapy needs. And I'll be honest, y'all, it was it was a struggle just to kind of admit that I, I, I wanted, you know, that I needed therapy, let alone that I actually wanted to do it. And then it was an even bigger struggle, particularly during like COVID and all those other things, like find that right person. Did I really want to leave the house and go there? And so I tried BetterHelp during the pandemic, actually, and it changed everything for me. It was something that I was able to utilize from home uh, just as a video chat or even as a phone call if I didn't want to show my face. There's even some text chat options as well. So they really kind of cater this to what you need. And it's way more accessible and even way more affordable than traditional in-person therapy. It's all the benefits of it, just that you get to do it from home. These are licensed online therapists. This isn't a crisis line. This isn't a self-help line, anything like that. It's licensed online therapy. So make sure you go and check them out today. I, I urge you to get involved um, with like mental health, have those conversations and take care of yourself the same way you go to the gym, the same way that you eat right, all of those other things. So get unstuck with better help. Learn more and get 10% off of your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash locked on today. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Go and check them out today. Today's episode also brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. You know you, you you use LinkedIn when you're looking for a job, so it makes sense that you would use LinkedIn when you're hiring for a job as well. And these days, every potential hire can feel like a high-stakes decision. That's why you want to be 100% confident in the hires that you make, especially if you're running a small business. You don't have a lot of time for all this like employee turnover and all that stuff. You ain't nobody got time for that. That's why LinkedIn Jobs make sure that they're delivering and finding the right people and getting them to you faster. And you're going to love this part, faux free. You can add your um, hashtag hiring purple photo frame on your LinkedIn profile to help spread the word that you're hiring. You got simple tools like screening questions that make it easier for you to make sure that you're vetting and, and focusing on the candidates that have the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's one of the reasons why small businesses voted LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering highest quality candidates and hires over leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free today at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. family continuing on with today's episode of locked on saints new orleans saints made some good strides in terms of their uses of alvin Kamara, their uses of Taysom hill on sunday and their win against the atlanta falcons in which they swept the atlanta falcons on the season by the way uh pretty cool thing to say i'll always win petty i'll lose gracefully but i'll always win petty i'll tell you that much so <laughs> what where where do the new orleans saints go from here because they took some steps forward, but the process isn't necessarily complete yet. So let, let, let's break that all down. I appreciate you, as always, for being here and making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day. Every day, don't forget to go and check out Locked on Sports today as your second listen as well. Figure out everything else going on around the NFL and, of course, uh, around the world of sports as well. I hope that you'll forgive me. I know that you're seeing this or listening to this after I 
uh, am actually like doing this. You're not here live, but I do want to check the score of the Tampa Bay and uh, Cincinnati game. And oh my goodness, it is 33 Cincinnati, 17 Tampa Bay. So that's good. That's great for the New Orleans Saints. They got the win. They doubled their playoff chances from 0.9% to 2%. And that will hold as long as the Buccaneers don't come back again with some type of improbable victory here against the Cincinnati Bengals. But with two minutes and 21 seconds left in the fourth quarter at the time that I'm recording this, I think it's going to be all right. So that's good. That's good news for the New Orleans Saints who really just kind of need to focus on winning moving forward. And so winning by putting the ball in the hands of those young playmakers that we just talked about is one way to do it. The other piece is making sure that you're also utilizing the proven veterans that you know can make plays for you, like uh, Alvin Kamara, the 2017 Offensive Rookie of the Year that has been absolutely outstanding his entire career. But for whatever reason this year, his usage has completely changed. And when I say completely changed, I mean completely changed changed. I put this out on Twitter. If you look at the next gen stats and, and and listen, this is cherry picking, right? I took his best performance against the Atlanta Falcons in 2022, 2021, 2020, and 2019. And I just posted and looked at sort of the distribution of the run game. Where were the areas that he was sent on those run plays? How often did he go outside? How often did he run up the middle? And 2022's run chart is way more compact, way more condensed to the middle of the field than anything that we have seen in terms of Alvin Kamara usage in those other three games, those other three matchups against the Atlanta Falcons in 2021, 2020, as well as 2019. So that's huge, right? So this is where I think, yes, you can give credit to the New Orleans Saints for utilizing Alvin Kamara more. 23 touches in this game is the most that he has had this season since he had 27 in the 24-0 shutout victory against the Las Vegas Raiders here in the Superdome. Uh, in week eight. But it's week 15. And we shouldn't be having this conversation right now that the New Orleans Saints are learning how to use Alvin Kamara, right? That was the point of maintaining a bunch of the coaching staff and going with the status quo and trying to stay with the with the playbook. Never in a million years, if you would ask me before the season, never in a million years would I have said when you ask me questions like, and a lot of you ask me, how do you think that the New Orleans Saints offense will look different because obviously Pete Carmichael is going to put his own stamp on it. They're going to make tweaks. It's not going to be the exact Sean Payton playbook, all this stuff. They're going to, they're going to move it forward. They're going to evolve it. They're going to progress it. They're going to change it. They're going to do all those things. Never in a million years would I have told you, oh yeah, that means that they're going to use Alvin Kamara way less. Way less. And, they're, and, and, and when they do use him, they're not going to use him to the vast diversity and, and, and high variance ways that they utilized him in the past, which made him so unpredictable and which helped to make him so effective. They're, they're just not going to do any of that. I never in a million years would have estimated that. So even though, even though the Saints did get more opportunities to Alvin Kamara than we have seen over the course of the past weeks, basically since week eight, the quality of those chances, the quality of those shots, those carries have not been the same as what we have seen in the past in allowing him to get outside, work in space. No screens that I can remember, not a single screen in this game. And, 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 you know, we hear all the time things like, oh, well, we didn't really get super far down the playbook because we didn't have a lot of plays to run and things like that when it comes to uh, the New Orleans Saints when we ask them questions about their usage and things like that. So I'm just pulling this up real quick. Uh, they ran uh, 55 offensive plays today, more than enough for you to get through portions of your playbook that include a screen pass, more than enough that include getting Alvin Kamara runs to the outside. So one of the things that Dennis Allen said after the game, is that yes, there was a concerted effort to get him touches, not just touches, but touches in a variety of different ways, and that they still have more work to do in terms of finding ways to be more creative with him, doing some things with him, and allowing him to affect the game. 
Great to hear if it was week three, not as great to hear with only three weeks left, right? So we shouldn't even be having this conversation right now, but we are having this conversation right now. And at least it's about the New Orleans Saints moving in the right direction. But unfortunately, it could be too little too late because here we are talking about a team that doubled its playoff chances, but still sits at 2%. Similarly, the Saints did a really, really nice job with Taysom Hill in this game, giving him a variety of opportunities to run, a variety of opportunities to throw the ball as well. Uh, completed both of his passes in this game for a total of 80 yards. Of course, the long of that being 68 to Rashid Shahid on the touchdown. Beautifully placed pass, by the way. 158.3, 158.3 pass rating. So a perfect pass rating. Uh, Andy Dalton, not far behind, 11 completions on 17 uh, attempts. It's a 64.7 completion percentage, 151 yards, two touchdowns, a couple of questionable throws, took some sacks, only two though, uh, but 132.2 passer rating. Like the Saints offense kind of, kind of patched up the things around Andy Dalton that they wanted to patch up, right? So now it's, can you continue to elevate those players around? And I think the Saints did a good job of doing that, but I still think that there are things that you can do with Taysom Hill. Like David Johnson fumbling on a second and one or a third and one. Sorry, I can't remember what it was, but him fumbling and, and, and that turnover in their in the red zone, you know, in striking distance to go up twenty one to three, potentially even seventeen to three would have been nice. Why is that going to David Johnson and not Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill? Right. So like, there's just these sort of questionable things that we see the New Orleans Saints do all the time, to where they say, okay. Let's zig when they think that we zag. And when they do that, they fumble the ball or they don't pick up the yardage or, you know, they, they can't complete the pass or whatever it is. Like almost always it ends up being so, or they take a sack on a key second down when they should be moving the ball forward, all these other things, right? So just some of those decisions are still really curious. Some of those decisions are still highly questionable. And I think that those are the moments that we pick out and we say, okay, Took some steps forward, but still some things to get done before uh, before you you know look to wrap up the season here. So uh, you know, I, I just wanted to highlight those things where it's like it's great to get the win, and I'm not trying to be too critical about a win. Like like I said, lose gracefully, win with all the pettiness in the world. But there are still some things that the New Orleans Saints have to fix as they have two much better opponents on the way than the Atlanta Falcons, who they just faced in, in, in the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland on Christmas Eve, and then of course the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia on New Year's Eve. Neither of those games are going to be easy. They're going to be cold weather games. You're going to want to get Alvin Kamara involved in those because you want to travel the run game, but you aren't going to be able to win with everything going right up the middle with Alvin Kamara. You're going to have to diversify. You're going to have to get to the outside. You're going to have to run some of those screen passes and use the short passing game as an extension of the run game, which we've seen the New Orleans Saints do year in and year out, except for in 2022. So lots of improvements to still be made. And lots of things that we'll continue to put under a microscope and watch. Coming up next, what is the next step for the New Orleans Saints? Some of this starts with the defense looking much better today, even though they gave up over 200 rushing yards. I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't be concerned about that, because this could be the next step for the New Orleans Saints defense. we got that coming up for you as we continue on to wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Today's episode of Locked on Saints presented by Prize Picks, your number one daily fantasy football spot. It really is just daily fantasy the way that it should have been all along. And I cannot urge you enough to go and check this out. It's super simple. All you have to do is utilize your knowledge of your favorite players, your favorite teams, your favorite sport, your favorite matchups, all of those things. Just your knowledge versus the house. It's not you versus a bunch of other people and mystery lineups competing for some mystery share of some mystery pot or anything like that. It's simple. You pick two to five players, Choose whether or not they're going to come in at more or less than their 
uh, prize picks projections. You get those right and you can win up to 10 times your entry. There you go. It's that simple. And if you're a first time user, head over to prizepicks.com today or download the prize picks app. And if you use the promo code locked on, you're going to get a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100. So you put down $100, they'll match $100. Put down $50, they'll match $50. You know how numbers work. Go and check them out today. Prizepicks.com or the prize picks app. Don't forget that promo code locked on for a 100% instant deposit match for up to $100 for new users. Once again, that's promo code locked on at prizepicks.com. Get it, hear that nation, wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints, coming at you here from beautiful Caesars Superdome here just post-game. Um, New Orleans Saints, they, they get their win, their fifth win of the season. Dennis Allen's most wins in a single season as a head coach, 4-12, 4-12, and 0-4 in his time with the Oakland Raiders, now 5-9 and with the New Orleans Saints. Wish that we were talking about the eighth or ninth win of the season, but we aren't, right? That's just, that's just simply not the truth. So what's next for the New Orleans Saints? And and I think there's something to really highlight here about the New Orleans Saints defense in particular. We've been talking about building off of the young stars that and running the offense through guys like Chris Olave, Rashid Shaheed, Juwan Johnson, getting Alvin Kamara more involved, finding more creative ways to utilize him, answering all those questions that probably should have been answered much earlier. But hey, if you can answer them now, answer them, right? Get it right. So all of those things are absolutely a part of this conversation. So I don't want to say that they're not, even though I'm separating this conversation. So consider all of that as a part of this too. But over on the defensive side, the New Orleans Saints may be doing something really interesting. They're struggling right now to defend the run. They've given up now. They've surrendered uh, three 100-yard rushers over the season, twice now to the uh, Atlanta Falcons. First time was Cordero Patterson week one, who had 120 rushing yards. This time was Tyler Algier with the uh, Atlanta Falcons. who had 139 rushing yards on his own. Good Lord. Uh, so, <laughs> including a big 43 yard rush, but that wasn't all of it, right? You're talking about 139 yards. So there was nearly a hundred yards more than that. And he only ran the ball, what, 17 times. So not great. 235 rushing yards. That's the third time this season that they've given up 200 or more team rushing yards. Those things aren't great, but, 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 but here's the thing to consider. 89 passing yards allowed. And yeah, I know they had a rookie quarterback with Desmond Ritter. Maybe the, the Falcons weren't looking to pass the ball as much. Uh-uh, incorrect. 26 passing attempts for Desmond Ritter in this game. The Atlanta Falcons did not go without trying to pick up yardage through the air, but, they had, but the New Orleans Saints defense played incredibly well, particularly in the secondaries. One of the things that Bradley Roby highlighted was that like he played for a team before that had a really, really strong secondary, and he's seeing now as the New Orleans Saints are healthier on the secondary side, as they've gotten more games together between Paulson, Adebo, Alante, Taylor, Bradley, Roby, Marcus May, and Tyron Matthew with Justin Evans rolling into that uh, and, and a couple of other guys being a part of it all, that it, it's gelling and it's feeling like that really, really good secondary. Apologies for any noise that you might be able to hear behind me. I'll try to filter it out, but you know it's always a crapshoot with this stuff while they're cleaning the field. But the, the highlight here is that the New Orleans Saints defense, if they can keep offenses from hitting 200 passing yards in a game, 175 passing yards in a game, then the run game, as long as the Saints are scoring on the offensive side, the run game giving up 150 to 200 rushing yards actually isn't that bad. I, I know I know you're like scoffing at me when I say that, but what I mean is that like if you're going to give me the option of having a better pass defense than run defense, I'm going to take that probably 10 times out of 10 
as opposed to having the better run defense over the better passing defense. We've seen that in years past for the New Orleans Saints where they struggled in pass coverage, but they were fantastic against the run and it didn't do them well enough in in some cases. And so I would much rather you be able to erase the passing game and the threat of the passing game because you pass to put points on the board, then you run to win the game. But if you can't put points on the board, then you're just running because it's the only thing that you can do. And so as far as I'm concerned, if you're forcing incompletions, if you're if you're forcing them into third and long situations, if you're, you know, getting I mean, the turnovers would definitely help with this too, right? If you can force some more of those turnovers, particularly in the run game, those top down punch outs that the Saints defense have gotten better and better at over the course of the years, um, those things end up making a difference. And then when you force them into passing situations, if you can get home more often, the Saints had four sacks in this game, including Caden Ellis getting his fifth and a half on the year. I mean, how good has this dude been? So we're talking about young playmakers. Um, then all of a sudden, like you're neutralizing everything, and you're you're eventually making it so that a team that is being successful on the ground can't do what it is that makes them successful anymore, and have to turn to what it is that they're struggling with. That's what happened with the Atlanta Falcons today. Even though the New Orleans Saints couldn't close things out over on the offensive side, the the curious call to put Taysom Hill under center uh, for the only the second time this season. He's seventy four quarterback snap 72 of them have been out of the shotgun it was only the second time they put him under center so they end up botching the the snap exchange which makes sense when you've only taken two snaps under center so why do you put him under center anyway when you couldn't finish that out what happens then all of a sudden atlanta gets the ball and what do they have to do they have to be able to throw if they have any chance to do anything and they couldn't do it they couldn't move the ball through the air at all 89 passing yards in this game so yeah run for 200 yards have fun enjoy the run game all you're doing is burning time off the clock and you're not going to be able, as long as I'm holding a lead here, you're not going to be able to close the gap. You're not going to be able to close the gap because this defense won't let you. And so it's not really a negative thing. Now, you don't want to go out there and allow 235 rushing yards every single game. Don't get me wrong, but it's not something to really get super overly concerned about until you see it two, three games in a row. They have a huge matchup next week against Nick Chubb. They have a huge matchup the following week after that up against the the Philadelphia Eagles. Those teams are going to want to run and those teams are going to get rushing yards. The key though, the key though, is putting points on the board on the offensive side, which we saw the Saints come out with the fastest start that they have had since like 2020, um, the Christmas Day game with with uh, with Alvin Kamara's six touchdowns against the, the Minnesota Vikings. It's the last time they scored in their two opening possessions. So if you come out and you put points on the board early, even if it's a touchdown and a field goal in your first two possessions. And then you're keeping the opposing team at a deficit from being able to pass the ball. That's still a formula for winning. As long as you can continue to put points up on the offensive side, you got to get a little bit better at closing things out. You want to close games out a lot more cleanly than what you saw the new Orleans saints kind of fail to do today, but still do because they still closed the game out, right? They still technically won. I mean, they not technically won. They still won. They still technically closed it out. They would have liked to have closed it out a lot more cleaner than they did. But if you're taking away opposing teams passing games, if you're still moving the ball on the offensive side, you're still, you know, putting the foot on the gas and you're running the offense through these young playmakers and you've got guys like Alante Taylor, Caden Ellis, Paulson Adebo, Pete Werner, even Tyron Matthew had a great game today. If they're all flying around making stops and your defensive line is getting after the quarterback, then dang, you actually have a winning formula even though you might be susceptible to the run game. Give me the option to be susceptible to the run game, susceptible to the pass game. I will take being susceptible to the run game any day, any day over being overly susceptible to the passing game. Now, everything in moderation, everything in moderation, everything's got to balance out. So 
That's the way that I look at it. And I think that's the next step for the New Orleans Saints. Run this offense through your playmakers. Put points on the board. Neutralize the passing game. And if they run for, you know, you get a 100-yard rusher here and there, you get a 100-yard rusher here and there. You ain't putting enough points on the board that way, though. And that's how the New Orleans Saints can win games down the stretch. Ain't going to be easy, though, because like I said, Nick Chubb on the way, or they're on their way to Nick Chubb. Then they're on their way to Jalen Hurts and the uh, Philadelphia Eagles offense. It's not going to be easy, but it is still a winning formula if they can find a way to replicate it and, in all honesty, build on it because they still have some room to continue to build up. Coming up tomorrow on Tuesday, first episode in the morning, we'll cover present. That will be looking at analytics. Just how good was Elante Taylor's day? We'll break that down. And then we'll also take a look in the evening episode that day as we get to continue our future series, uh, Mock Draft Monday, which will be on Tuesday. So Mock Draft Tuesday. I know the alliteration isn't there yet, but don't worry. We'll get there in the offseason. So we'll get to a mock draft there as well. So I appreciate you as always for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget to make your second listen today, Locked on Sports today, so you can get caught up on everything going on around the NFL. Uh, Let me just see if I have an update here for you, even though it's not really an update for you. It'll be an update for me. Yes, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have lost 34 to 23. So good on the Bengals, good on the New Orleans Saints. If you want to know more about that, get over to Locked on Bengals. You can probably hear about it over on Locked on Sports today as well, as well as everything else around the NFL and the world of sports. Appreciate you as always for making me a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. If you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you that nation. I'll holla at you.